Hello, hello, protected peeps. So we're going to be doing Passover today, um, an exciting chapters, and let's see what happens with God ordaining his people to get ready and prepare and be ready to run and get freed from their bondage in Egypt. How's it going, Mark? Pretty good. So Happy to be here. I watched one of your cat videos and my favorite, I have a favorite one. Which, which one is that? Cat slap. One that oh yeah that's a pretty good one yeah yeah, yeah that's a good one it, it captures the um i think the the emotion you oh, know because yeah. the, the more videos i make i'm thinking of the cats as like characters and they, yeah. they all they do have different personalities and they don't they don't uh make a lot of facial expressions but they kind of do sometimes it's kind of subtle but so i'm trying to every video i'm trying to cat tell a story with these characters there's drama. It's like a, it's like a movie that oh, yeah. takes only less than a minute. <laughs> I feel like I can make a meme out of that one. Just keep slapping. Um, yeah, that happened right here, here in the uh, right, right there. Yeah. <laughs> which one was the one? Which cat is like the strongest of all the other? Well, ones? Well, you know who's you know how they have a hierarchy, right? They're they're basically like little lions, you know. So it's mm -hmm. uh, I think Lily, the female, is the top of the food chain or the number right. one dominant cat actually but lulu her brother so the L lily the female was slapping her brother basically yeah. and um she she seems to be like the queen the the queen you know the the killer queen she she kills most animals and uh, most of my videos with are with her um, wow. about over over half and there's three cats you know so She's she's the one people avoid. All the other the cats kind of uh, tread carefully. <laughs> you should get uh, costumes for them. But Lulu is the strongest, actually. But uh, Lily is more. She's she does more psyops on the others to so control she's them. The smartest one, huh? She is the smart, very smart. Yeah. <laughs> There's yeah. this. Uh, yeah. I think one artist that um, dresses up their cats and like they put them in their windows shop store. So whatever the book theme is, they'll dress them up, you know, like, let's say like it's a book about vampires. So they dress up the cat and this cat stayed still in the window for hours, dressing up all these different costumes. I'll have to send you that link. Well, that's someday. pretty cool. All right. So now we're in Exodus 12, uh, the Passover. Well, of course, you're my favorite reader. So <clears throat> all right, I'll try. <laughs> Keep in mind, it's uh, pretty early where I'm at, so uh, you know, That's okay. bear with me. Moses, Moses is ready. <clears throat> I, haven't, I haven't warmed up my vocal cords yet. <laughs> <laughs> All right, now, uh, now the Lord spoke to Moses and Aaron in the land of Egypt, saying, "This month shall be the beginning of months to you; it shall be the first month of the year to you." Speak to all the congregation of Israel, saying, On the tenth day of this month, every man shall take a lamb according to the house of their fathers, a lamb for a household. And if the household has, uh, and if the household be too little for the lamb, let him and his neighbor next to his house take it according to the number of the persons, according to what each man shall eat, divide the lamb. Now let's pause for a minute. This is kind of a long paragraph. Uh, I'm just, you know, it, it does seem like this, this, this month, shall be the beginning of months yeah you know what do you think that i'm thinking you know is that um it's almost like he's is he starting a whole new calendar here or yep. is it i mean because they keep it keep in mind the setting we got to remember these these people were um you know basically slaves 
laborers and slaves and the slavery kept getting worse for like 400 years right 430 years or something and they kind of um, forgot about god for the most part which happens many times throughout the old testament they do keep on forgetting about god and um but but so like god is trying to you know turn them into his people so uh so what month is it then you know what I mean? It's called Aviv in uh, in the Old Testament, which is I think it's Nisan or something, and later on. But it's uh, how like how do we know? Most you know, it seems like that would be uh, what we would call March or April, and uh, the spring equinox. But it's hard to tell here. What is this month? So it's not well, clear. It has some connection to when actually that took place uh, in the reg any calendar, like spring, summer, fall. Uh, God does seem to start the calendar over for Israelites. Like that's their journey. That's their first month. First, you know, mm. um, I was reading that earlier. They had the same question, like, okay, did he just start the brand new calendar? Why do that when he's already been historically started the whole story long ago in Genesis? Uh, but mm. he is making a particular notice that, yeah, let's start the calendar again. So I think maybe later on, either in this book or different books, it's probably going to explain itself. When that yeah, yeah, I think it does. Yeah, it, it may have been the same calendar that their uh, the patriarchs, you know, their fo their uh, their ancestors followed, but they didn't yeah. know. Maybe they were on an Egyptian calendar. You know what I mean? Oh, right, yeah. That's quite possible because every culture had a different calendar back then. Some were based yeah. on the moon. And this also may be based on the moon or it may be solar. Um, I've had different views on it. I've kind of gotten away from that topic for a while, so I'm coming back fresh. But, uh, you know, I don't know it if it's based on the moon or anything. I think it's based on the history that he has to deliver them. And this is something yeah, that happens exactly. for, for generations. Yeah, that's true. Generations, you know. Yeah. Um, so, but, yeah, but it, yeah. it may it may be the spring equinox though, which is like March twenty first for us usually, and then the Passover is around. Uh, it's usually the beginning of April, uh, kind of close to Easter actually, which makes sense if Jesus was killed around the Passover time. Then the first Sunday would be the the Easter. So you yeah, know, most cult most cultures have some kind of festival in the spring actually. But I think um, he also calls this like the. Best, uh, festival of unleavened bread. Yeah, yeah, we're gonna and see so that. that yeah. Probably in this book or the next book should say when, when, which months, like summer. Winter. Yeah, it does. Okay, I just wanted to point that out. Yeah, because they're getting into the specifics of uh, eating the lamb. And I noticed the same thing as well when I read it earlier that the calendar started again. And I think, yeah, okay, so let's finish this paragraph here. So let's, um, five, verse five. Your lamb shall be without blemish, a male of the first year. You shall take it out from the sheep or from the goats. You shall keep it up until the 14th day of the same month, and then the whole assembly of the congregation of Israel shall kill it in the evening. They shall take some of the blood and put it on the two side posts on the upper doorpost of the houses in which they shall eat it. They shall eat the flesh on that night, roasted with fire, and they shall eat it with unleavened bread and bitter herbs. Do not eat it raw. Should we stop there? What about this yeah. uh, blood? Now, does it, uh, now for us now, I think today after, you know, after the cross, we can see a kind of a typology of, of, of Christ there, right? Yeah, because um, this whole lamb, this actually is 
pointing to Jesus, um, this whole paragraph. Yeah. It says, yeah. your lamb should be without blemish. That would mean uh, Christ mm. without sin. Um, a male of the first year, which I'm not sure. I guess that's the firstborn, right? Within the yeah, first. Yeah, they, they yeah. talk about the, yeah. Which and I don't the, know. Yeah, a young, a young, a young male. And you should uh, keep it from the 14th day of the month. So they had to keep it for four days because the yeah. calendar started at the 10th day. And then well, the whole, yeah, the, the festival, yeah, yeah, and then the whole assembly of the congregation of Israel shall kill it in the evening. So everybody was instructed uh, on the fourteenth day to kill the lamb and then put the blood on the side. So I think that, that must mean the cross itself, the shedding of the blood for Christ. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. The uh, in the in the in the they place a lot of importance on having a um, an unblemished animal. Yeah, you know something pure, right? Like Jesus, right? A, a sinless, unstained by the world kind of thing. Power, the blood of the sacrificial animal had to be as uh, pure, right. pure quality yeah. animal. And that theme has kind of gone on since Genesis to unblemished uh, first yeah. fruits, offerings, all of that. But I think these, uh, this whole thing, the whole paragraph is really referencing Jesus dying on the cross and that's why they had to put the blood on the both side posts yeah but they didn't really know that um it's funny because later on you know the you know the the Passover became you know is this annual tradition looking back at the exodus but it's really also looking forward to yeah. the cross which they kind of forgot about that part of it, or maybe they didn't really know about that part of it. You know what I mean? Like, like they, it became a religious tradition that they kept. Yeah, without. But they kind of lost. They they kind of didn't know the full meaning of yeah. it until later on. But then when it happened, the Jews didn't recognize it at the time right. in the first century. They didn't realize, oh, Passover has been pointing to this the whole time. Yeah, they didn't make that connection, which was a, the whole point of it, really. I don't even think they recognize it today. Like the no, Jews they don't. They still don't. So that's amazing uh, in the fact that it's up. <laughs> because this is done traditionally, and they're told to keep it for generations. But now that it's happened, it's been 2,000 years, and they're still doing this. Now yeah, it's been fulfilled. Home. So we don't need to do the Passover now. We do the uh, Jesus right before you know he was uh, murdered. He did the uh, the communion. Right. It's the communion now, not the Passover, because that's done. Which is the covenant meal. Yeah. yeah. So it's um Yeah, that's so it's point. it's it's difficult for people to understand because it does say, you know, keep this tradition forever, right? It it uses those kind of words all the time. Um, you know, keep these laws, do these things forever until the end of time. Or it doesn't really say that, but it says something similar. Well, but it's festival. all been fulfilled. We we fulfill, we do these through Christ, we do the Passover. You know what I mean? If you want to keep and, the Torah, have faith in Christ. That fulfills the Torah. Right. It fulfills. It fulfills all of that's all been fulfilled. And there are commandments in the new covenant. Um, in fact, someone wrote a book uh, called, uh, it's called uh, The 50 Commandments That Jesus Gave, something like that. So apparently Jesus gave us 50 different commandments <laughs> um, that people, you know, people see the word commandment and they think, oh, we got to, it's old, it's uh, old covenant commandments. We still have to keep them. No, those are, those are new, those are commandments in the new covenant. Some but I of them think are this, though, was kind of a, 
not for everyone, but it is, I looked up because I was wondering the same thing because he has talked about the ordinance. I guess I'll say that later. Um, the ordinance is like very specific to these people, not necessarily like everybody. So yeah, Jesus did fulfill yeah. the Passover because this pointed to uh, Jesus. But at the same time, in remembrance of what they were, what was done for them, specifically the Israelites, they had to keep uh, their memory going each year with their festivals. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Part of it was to remember what uh, definitely what God did for them. Yeah. At this historical moment in the past, uh, but it did. It also pointed to the Messiah. You know. Oh, for um, sure. I think and that same with part. Sabbath. I think the Sabbath as well, actually. Yeah. You know? And um, see, so, so, you know, and we're going to see something later on in chapter 13 where people get, they get so into their own, the, the religious aspect of stuff that they kind of forget what it all means. And it all, it looks, it all becomes about, hey, look at me. I'm more religious than you are. It becomes yeah. something like that, you know, like a competition. Well, the whole um, Sabbath thing, I think Jesus represented rest. And he said, when you rest yeah. in me. So, like, we are yeah. performing Sabbath just by following Jesus' command, you know? Exactly. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. The, but this, yeah, this Passover stuff goes on for a while. So we can, uh, we'll find some. What do you think it means by discuss. the unleavened bread as far as what is it trying to? Well, that's, that's because they didn't, they didn't have time to, uh, yeah. they, they had to leave in haste. But there's something about uh, the yeast thing, which I guess when we get to it. Uh, well, later on, you know, in the New Testament, they talk about the uh, the the yeast of uh, false teaching, stuff like that. Uh, um, so I think we'll, we'll see this on leavened bread more. Yeah, it might be. I think maybe a reference in the sin then, if that's the case. I think maybe it's like trying to say that unleavened, because uh, if you add yeast, it kind of adds sin to the bread. Well, that's yeah. that's an I think that in the New Testament, yeah, there's an um, analogy like that. Yeah, but meaning that Jesus was kin to unleavened bread, like without sin. Maybe it, I think they'll explain it a bit more. Yeah, um, yeah, I think there's different levels of meaning to that. Um, All right, uh, verse nine. And also, like it's funny because it's very specific. Like they they had to finish the whole thing too. It's like a yeah. complete. They had to eat all of the lamb, and they had to eat it uh, together. Die. <laughs> it's God very specific. If you don't eat uh, it, you're, you're dead if you don't yeah. eat it. All right, so let's, let's keep reading here. So do not eat it raw, no, nor boiled at all with water, but roasted with fire, its head with its legs and its entrails. And you shall let nothing of it remain until the morning, but that of it which remains until the morning you shall burn with fire. In this way, you shall eat it with your waist girded, your sandals on your feet, and your staff in your hand. So you sh so you shall eat it in haste. It is the Lord's Passover. Yeah. So it's all about you know remembering God, kind of obeying His commandments. You know. Uh, yeah, I mean, He had a very strict way to deliver them. So if they didn't follow, then they would perish at the same time. And I think this is kind of like if we're gonna say like the future events that are going to maybe mimic the Passover and the book of Exodus. God's basically saying to be delivered, you have to be on the move. You can't sit around and prepare for, you know, like all the preppers want to prepare to stay in one place. Um, this seems like you're, you're going to have nothing but <laughs> a few things to carry with you and get yeah. out. 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, it's pretty interesting. Yeah. Yeah. There, yeah. Okay. All right. So, uh, 12, for I will pass through the land of Egypt this night. So this is the first, the first time it's happening. Yeah. And we'll we'll smite all the first. No, no, notice it says here, "I will pass through." Right? Yeah. And we're going to see. Um, I think it's the angel of the Lord. We're going to see again, actually doing some of this. Um, yeah, yeah. I think it's the angel of the Lord. For I will pass through the land of Egypt this night, and will smite all the firstborn. There's the firstborn again. We're going to see that a lot in the land of Egypt, both man and beast, and against all the gods of Egypt. I will execute judgment. Oh, wait a minute. I thought Yahweh was the only God. And now this word gods, plural, small g, plural, appears yeah. many times actually um, in the Bible. And the word the word is uh, usually Elohim in Hebrew, which is also, which is plural, Elohim. I am is a plural ending. But when it's used in the singular, it's uh, referring to Yahweh. And you can tell if it's plural or singular based on the other words around it. English has the same thing. If uh, if the noun is plural, we have to change the verb, that kind of stuff. It's a bit of a grammatical stuff. But it's, um, what do you think about that? What? Who are these gods? Is this is talking about, is this, uh, are there many gods or is there only one god? There is only on? one god. But I think, you know, as we kind of talked about before, that fallen angels that have influence on different cultures in becoming gods and we know that demons exist and uh, later on i think i don't know which book but god does say the idols that they worship are demons if demons have kind of manifested throughout the world in different religions and they do have powers we know satan is the god of this world basically right now so he has powers to grant with uh wealth fame whatever you want he has the power to do it so why not have those little idols? If you don't believe in the real God and you want instant gratification for what you think you want, and these idols, whatever they worship, although they're not gods, but I think there is that God was always talking about some sort of like Baal. Um, mm -hmm. Wasn't uh, Moses who did a said, went to battle with Baal, like his God, they created and God created fire or something like that. So the, I think those kinds of Egyptian gods probably did exist, probably had some power, but they're not they're not gods. I think he's just referring to them as some sort of false gods, but that have some sort of power to grant them what they want. Yeah, like the yeah. like the fallen angels is yeah. probably the most common way to say it. Yeah, 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 I would agree. So maybe it's kind of a Genesis 6 kind of thing when they came to earth and became worshipped as gods. Yeah. And um, and the Pharaoh also thought he was a god. Right. And so God, so in this with these uh, all these th all these signs and wonders that God just did, all the Egyptians had different. Uh, they in their mind, their gods were in control of the frogs and the river and nature in general. And Yahweh came in and just overturned the whole thing and and overpowered their gods in that sense. So the yeah, the people probably would have understood the Egyptian people would have understood this as, you know, like there's a new god in town more powerful than our gods. Oh well, yeah, like that. that was a demonstration with the ten plagues. So that yeah. was visible to the whole of Egypt. Plus they did have sorcerers and magicians originally tried to create the same miracles. Um 
So they probably had some sort of initial small amount of power. And now God came in and showed the whole Egypt, at least up to the 10 plagues, that your gods are not gods. Yeah. Yeah. In fact, there's still one more to go um, that they're about to do now. All right. So, um, yeah. All right. So verse 14, this day shall be a memorial to you and you shall keep it as a feast to the Lord. Throughout your generations, you shall keep it a feast by an eternal, or uh, it's an eternal ordinance. Yeah, so this is what I was talking <laughs> about. So I, I, when I looked that up, because I wanted to know who did it apply to, and ordinance, when I looked up the ordinance versus law, ordinance means uh, it's local. Uh, so like a law would be mm. federal law, you know, or state law. Where it's it like a mandate? <laughs> well, no. Well, it is kind of a it's more of a local. I think that was the difference. So let me just show you. So the law is applied overall. The generic the incompetence, like Biden made a federal law or a mandate, whatever, that would apply to everybody in the United States. Law is a generic term to encompass all acts of ordinance legislations and ordinance. The so ordinances are within the law. But the ordinance is refers to local level laws in some countries or municipal corporations, blah, blah. In a way, it's kind of saying that it only applies to the Israelites because he made them give them. Yeah, it could, be, it could be like a customer tradition. I'm looking in the, um, the dictionary here, the Hebrew dictionary. Yeah, it says uh, regulation, decree, statute, ordinance, uh, a clear communicated prescription of what one should do. Custom tradition, fixed behavior, generally generally accepted. Yeah, it is a command, but I think yeah, is it's not applicable to everybody. So it's not saying throughout your generations you should keep a feast by eternal ordinance, meaning outside of those group of people and their descendants. Well, yeah, it's definitely an Israelite thing. Yeah, um, but also, but it, but if it's fulfilled in Jesus, right? Yeah. Then it kind of comes to an end. Um, and then, then that that same see, we don't have to keep we don't practice Passover today. But some people do. The Hebrew roots yeah. people say you have to practice Passover. We cannot do it exactly like it's written though, can we? We cannot <laughs> do Passover it exactly. Is an event. It's it's that's an event. It's not a act that anybody can recreate. All this is saying well, is it's memorialized that yeah. event. You, in remembrance of this event, will create a feast to the Lord. So much like the holidays we have today, uh, I don't know, 14 or 15 of them. So let's just say even uh, Memorial Day. Uh, what's that guy? Martin Luther King Day. Okay. That yeah, yeah, it's, it's a holiday. Happened. It's a holy day. It's a holy day. Yeah. Yeah. It memorializes this event, which is kind of what it says. But so right. should we keep, should we do these this uh, week of unleavened bread. Yeah, if you want to be in the... Well, the confusion is, I know <laughs> the Israelites, This whoever this command goes to, they should keep it, no matter what. It's eternal for them. Even now? Even now. Well, I'm, I'm not so sure about it. I, I, would, uh, I would disagree with that, actually. Yeah. I, 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 for me, I, I look at it as, as a, it's called covenant theology. So I, so I think the old this is part of the old covenant which has uh it's expired and but we're now in the new covenant about, 
covenants. See, see, it's already well, it's part of the old covenant. Well, this is not about covenants. This is it's already pointed to Jesus for sure, right? This entire chapter. Yeah. So um, Jesus is now our blood on the doorpost. So we don't need to sacrifice a lamb to put our blood on to put that. We don't put the blood of an animal. The blood of an animal is not what we're all about these days, right? So no, and Jesus I don't think this was the sacrifice. So yeah. I don't think I don't think this uh I don't think we need to um it's not well, a, they, they, Passover they, is a good thing. It's not a bad thing at all. It's pointing <laughs> to Jesus, but I think it's been fulfilled in Jesus. So we do in a way we we observe Passover through Jesus, but not through eating this Passover meal. You know what I mean? That's well, the my Passover that's my meal doesn't have to sacrifice animals like they did because they were told to do that. Uh, and they had specific steps to follow and then run out out of there as God. But even even the later ones though, they had to do it just like this in the after this every year. They had to do it a certain way every year. You mean the Israelites had to do this? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. they did. Because yeah. it's the ordinance, it's not a law. So that means it's for them to keep it up. Until God said this is no longer eternal, I think they are required to keep it. I don't know what it looks like. I think I think the church is Israel. Church is Israel. Maybe. Anyone in Christ is an Israelite. Is a new Israel. A spirit a spiritual Israelite. Yeah. Not uh -huh. a not an ethnic. It's not about uh ethnicity at all. So a Jew who is a Christian doesn't need to do this anymore. And if the Jews who are not Christians keep doing this, there's no reason. It's meaningless. Well, if they don't know why they're doing it, <laughs> and they don't understand the it's completely meaningless. Christ, then it's meaningless for them. <clears throat> it's expired. But I think God is not done with this story here. Um, I don't know what it's going to look like because I don't remember what the future chapters say. But it, it does point to the uh, second coming as well, right? The first yeah. coming, I think it points to the first coming as a sacrifice on the cross, but also to the second coming with the uh, judgment of those who are not, who don't have the blood to uh, protect them from the judgment, right? So it, it, it does, uh, there's still a future uh, fulfill, uh, fulfillment, fulfillment of this. Uh, well, I think the baptism in Christ is pretty much the same protection as what's going on with the doorpost. That's to allow the angel of death to pass over their house and kill anybody else. So when judgment comes, says anyone who is in Christ, that's already, we're already marked, spiritual mark, not the blood mark. When the angel of death comes again in judgment, then that's going to pass over. I think that's already, it happens in every generation. In fact, it's happened even in the last three years. Um, that was kind of a typology of some sort of, angel of death coming upon the land and who did it pass over it passed over a lot of them. i think god was mm. protecting a lot of people ah. if they didn't believe in him yet the angel of death yes passing passing through the land yeah and this time yeah. the world. interesting all right well let's keep going because this yeah. the, they talk about this for quite a long time um did i read 14 already yeah, I did. That's where we stopped. All right, verse 15. Seven days you shall eat unleavened bread. Now, I've done this before, by the way. I used to... Do, whoa, it's getting bigger. <laughs> Sorry. I just remember somebody else make it bigger, so I made okay. it bigger. <laughs> um, I did this for a while. I remember one time I told my wife, I was like, get all... You know, I just kind of like, get all the 11 out of the house. <laughs> <laughs> I tried to do that one time, too. He's like, why? I was like, just do it. We have to do it. <laughs> Yeah. But, uh, all right, 
Uh, seven days you shall eat unleavened bread. On the first day you shall put away leaven out of your houses. For whoever eats leavened bread from the first day until the seventh day, that person shall be cut off from Israel. <laughs> now that now that um, that person shall be cut off. They use that quite a bit. I think it kind of means you know death and uh, but really eternal uh, everlasting death. Yeah, you're completely judged okay. and. Uh, yeah. Yeah, because it's really, this is supposed to be holy, you know, it's like, remember God. God brought these people out of Egypt, yeah, and God it, saves it us as well. needed something to keep remembering God, because for 400 yeah. years, the Hebrews forgot. They didn't remember with any, they probably never had any rituals or any of that stuff. So this is a way to restart the whole connection with God, and they had to keep the commands mm. to kind of build their faith. But also letting them know the power of God, you know, it's like we forget that, that who's really in charge of this entire year. Yeah, yeah. so often we treat God like a little genie out of a bottle or something. Yeah. Like, oh, God, please, please let me <laughs> give me this thing, you know, just let, you know, do this thing for me. <laughs> and then then maybe he does it. And then we're like, okay, thanks. Got to go. <laughs> I'm the See next you later. <laughs> thanks yeah, for doing I that. See you next time when I need you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm guilty of that, but you know. <laughs> oh, we all are. We all are. Yeah. yeah. That's human nature. We'll see human nature. See, these Israelites, it's easy to judge them and look at them because they, they keep they keep messing up, right? Yeah. So, oh, what's wrong with those people? But I would have I would have done the same thing. This is human nature that, that's being revealed to us as well. Oh, the, yeah. The, the and, sin, and the, yeah. Good thing for us is that God always has a redemption plan for even all the sinners, you know, or yeah. I think when he starts these judgment, like if you don't do this, you're kicked out. That's pretty severe, but those it was like then those people that wouldn't keep it anyway, then they didn't deserve it because God is with them at that moment, delivering them. They had no life and they were given life right after. So they could have kept stayed in slavery for another thousand years. But God is saying, you know, if I'm going to do this for you, then you, at the very least, show me your respect to do all these things. And if you don't, then see ya. You know, like, there's no use for that yeah. person. Yeah, I notice it's a holy, um, okay, verse 16. On the first day, there shall be a holy convocation, or some translations say a holy assembly. And on the seventh day, there shall be a holy convocation. Like, what does the word convocation mean? I've never heard that word in my life. Me neither. <laughs> With oh, vocation. But it's uh, other other translations just say assembly, actually, holy assembly. Oh, that's helpful. Act of convoking. <laughs> what the heck? Yeah, it's one of these. Sometimes you come across these words that are quite I think it's assembly. Uh, Why don't they just say that? Um called together to a meeting. Well, it's one, you know, a lot of words have multiple ways to translate it. And they're all kind of correct to a certain degree. Um, so, ceremonial assembly, or yeah, something some like sort that. Of assembly. Yeah. Um, so they had well, to something yeah. kind of like the Sabbath, then in a way they had. Well, to yeah, yeah. Anyway, let's keep going. Yeah, and on the seventh day there shall be a holy convocation. Okay, so the first day and the seventh day of this yeah. week long feast. No manner, no manner of work shall be done on them on those two days. Okay, so yeah, it is. It's a uh, special Sabbath or whatever they call that. But that which every man must eat, that only may be prepared for you. 
so they can make food, but they can, it's like a Sabbath. Basically. No work, but, but you can eat. Yeah. Which I think, I think all the Sabbaths are, I think um, they were able to cook on the Sabbath. Yeah. My view. I mean, there's a lot it's of, there's a lot of things. Extreme though. No cooking. Oh either. yeah. Well, the Jews don't. Cook, yeah. Uh, the, the, there's different types of Jewish uh, people as well that, you know, depending on how strict they are with these laws. There's but this types. basically saying you can go ahead and make your own food. Yeah, but the first and um, first, so it'd be like what the fourteenth, yeah, of the month, I guess their month. Um, you shall in the in the twenty first or something like that, right? So you shall observe the feast of unleavened bread. Now I think that's the whole, that's the whole week, right? The whole week long. Yeah. Thing is they 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 call it by different names sometimes. For on this very day I brought your armies. Oh look at this armies out of the land of Egypt. So these slaves, they're not really an army, but that's the way God thinks of them as an army, right? Yeah, I think there's like there. almost a million or 600 over 600,000 yeah. people. Well, we're going to see we're going to see yeah. later on. I have a different view on that. Um <laughs> okay. as usual. <laughs> <laughs> that's my job, is to have a different view yeah. on everything. Right. <laughs> doesn't well, mean I'm right. I'm reeling you back into. Doesn't mean I'm right. But I probably am. No, just kidding. <laughs> but right. remember, remember, just a few days, like a like a couple of weeks ago, I just it just came to my head like God's creating an army, and I had I did not realize He talks about he it this did. much in in Exodus, especially. I knew later on, like in Numbers, they do yeah. that. But from the very beginning, they were an army. Yeah, army for God in spirit, not necessarily fighting army. Well, no, they do fight though. They do yeah. fight. But uh, that's pretty, not what they're meant soon. for though, you know. They well, were they were cat they were brought out of Egypt to worship God, um, to be mm -hmm. his people. I mean But they had to kill the Canaanites first. Yeah. Well, I mean, he does prepare <laughs> them for war and protection and stuff. Yeah. So that's okay. He probably All is right. doing that right now, too, preparing certain armies. We are at war. That's for sure. Yeah. All right. Therefore, you shall observe this day throughout your generations as an ordinance forever. All forever. Right. Until Jesus comes. He <laughs> <laughs> well, doesn't say that. This is all throughout your generations forever. Throughout your generations. Yeah. yeah. Well, they didn't, uh, yeah, well, that's what he's telling them. You know, the, yeah, all right. So, in the first month, on the 14th day of the month at evening, you shall eat unleavened bread until the 21st day of the month at evening. Okay, now it doesn't mean the evening starts in the day. I do not believe the Israelites practiced that. They did later on, they did, but it's not biblical at all. You know what I mean? And again, another thing that nobody, everyone disagrees with me about this, but, uh, you know, it doesn't mean, yeah, it so does the day, start. the day is a day and evening is an evening. It Keep it simple. You know what I mean? So 14th day, it says day right there, right? On the 14th day, at Hebrew the is Yom, right. so at that part, e I think evening okay. of that day. I think day is day. Yeah. That's fine. So, so people want to say, oh, the, the day began in the evening. No, no. no so, so like what? At Three p.m. and then you're like, "Hey, I'll see you tomorrow." And then seven p.m. is tomorrow. It's like, no, come on, keep it simple. You know, later, later on, after you know, later on, the the Jews did begin. But you know uh, why he started in the evening? Because it's a feast of unleavened bread. They're, That's what you're eating dinner. To eat. That's your dinner. Yeah. So you wouldn't start yeah. it in the morning. 
You would have to start exactly. it with dinner began. Yeah, they prepare. It's like uh, things. It, it would be like Thanksgiving, but if we if we ate it later on it in the evening. Yeah. You know what I mean? There's a lot of preparation going invo uh, involved in yeah. this. Um, all right. So you shall eat unleavened bread until the 21st day at evening. Seven days shall there be no leaven found in your houses. For whoever eats that which is leavened, that person shall be cut off from the congregation of Israel, whether he be a stranger or born in the land. You shall eat nothing leavened in all your dwellings. You shall eat unleavened bread. Now, he doesn't really explain why, does it? To the I think it the, has to do with sin. In the text. No, but later but, on, it probably does make a connection somewhere. A lot of these commands are never really explained why. Like, you'd think the people reading this originally would be like, why? <laughs> but it's just like, well, because God told you to. That's why. <laughs> well, I mean, are you saying you don't know why seven days or why unleavened bread? No, not me. Not me. The yeah. the, the the Israelites back then. The, the first readers of this were probably, uh, if Moses wrote this, they would would have been the generation born in the desert, in the wilderness but during I don't that think forty years. The, the wouldn't Israelites they wonder why they were in the wilderness? They didn't have anything in writing. It was all God was with them directly. So this no, came, no, well, no. Moses, Moses wrote this. Well, we don't know that. We don't know. Well, it's that's he wrote it. Do we know well, that? It says it says he wrote stuff. He did write things down. He wrote part of this at least. But uh, if if Moses wrote, well, that's why I said if if Moses wrote this, the first readers who 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 was the first people to read this? I didn't think it would be until after Not us. all the Israelites were done with out of the desert because they would not. Yeah, have yeah, but they they were born. They were born in the desert though. Yeah, they, they were not the people who were. They did not live in is in Egypt. It would not have been the, the slaves in Egypt. It would not. They have all been died. Israelites wandering for four uh 40 years in the desert no, they were born during that time yeah they were but because moses was still alive if moses been writing this down for them in the desert i think it would have had to happen after they made it to the promised land so they so the people the first readers of this did not experience it right no what but they're not told why i mean they're not told why i think they know why they don't have to be told because it kept the same seven days instructions as the Passover, and they were instructed not to leaven their bread in the Passover before they even came out. The only thing they would not have known that it was re all referencing to Jesus, but other than that, like they knew the meaning of why they had to do this, that they were d being delivered from Egypt. And God already told them, your month starts today. And the 10th day is when all this began. So I think they already know all this stuff. We don't know it because we're still trying to learn, figure it out. But uh, if they were living through that time, they would have known what God was doing. Yeah. And part of this eating the unleavened bread for a week, it really just uh, makes it hit home. God delivered them out of, uh, out of Egypt. Yeah. They didn't have time to make regular bread it's just a way for them to uh, to act this yeah. out really and i do um, think this text is for us too more so than it was for anybody back then because um, this is how we know who god is we can't witness uh the exodus you know well as they saw it firsthand we're only reading about it so 
having that importance and emphasis on all these rituals and commandments, I think that's important for us to at least see who God is, you know, and perhaps even do some of these things. I don't know. It's not clear yet. Well, do we need do we need to put, paint the blood on our doorpost still? No, because we have <laughs> blood. Uh, I mean, those kind of rituals are renewed. That we don't need to do that. Just as a festival, like in remembrance of God, do we have any of that? So now, right now, we have I, I don't know twelve American holidays, and probably more so uh, everywhere else. They have nothing to do with God. I can almost guarantee there's no one is really honoring God the way he wants to be honored. Is there any called holy days? Holiday is a holy day. Yeah. That's what the word so means. which which holiday do you think accurately represents God and in rem remembrance of him today? Any pick any holiday anywhere around the world. Well, which holidays did the uh first century church observe? Did they observe, um, they did, we know they did the uh, communion. Communion, yeah. On a regular basis. The Lord's Supper, they did that quite a yeah. bit. Um, did they observe Easter? But I that, don't know, is Easter in the Bible? Easter. Easter's a holiday. It's a holiday, but that's not biblical. Um, well, is it biblical? I mean, it's... Um, no, that's a made-up Is holiday. it in the Bible? No, no, I mean, it, it makes sense to me to celebrate the resurrection of christ but that's not how it all started it's just a pagan ritual that got started and connected mm. as most i know of, there's a pagan version of it yeah it's uh, with the bunnies like, which is what most people observe with the bunnies right. and the eggs and all that but see they're not even strict even it let's just say if easter was okay to do there's nobody's even strict in actually honoring god the way he is and his character and all these things that he tells like, he has, like, 12 festivals that he picked. Nobody does those. I don't even think the Jews even do those properly. But his character, if you were to even just do one in honor and faith, a remembrance like we celebrate Christmas or Martin Luther King Day or Easter or any of those, or Memorial Day, any of those holidays, um, and even the Eastern holidays all over the world, they have their own brand. They're not hmm. representing this God. They're not representing the holiday that he asked to celebrate. Nobody's doing that. Why not? Even if we didn't have to, nobody's doing it. The Jews celebrate all these, but they it's they can't really do it exactly the way it tells to do it. Um, although kind of, you know, in a way they're in the physical land, many of them yeah. living in Israel. But that's not the real, it's this really opens up many different uh, ideas that are heavily debated, but uh, like, who is Israel? Where is the promised land? Like a kingdom, a kingdom needs people and a land, right? Yeah. So the real, and what's the real, we have the past, which is what we're reading about, what happened in the past. And then we have the, you know, a couple thousand years, the Israelites followed these things. And then we have Jesus coming to kind of begin a new era a new covenant and then we have the future which hasn't happened yet and it, there's a i think there's a future fulfillment of all this with the land being the new creation yeah, which to a certain extent has earth. begun new earth new heavens and new earth yeah. is the new is the holy land the that new will earth. be the promised land for all his the promised people. land yeah so i think that's the real promised land and so they, here they talk a lot about the land when you go into the land when you enter the land this is what well, right now is a physical act of taking his people out in a physical land of Egypt and into their own land 
like their own yeah. nation. He's creating a nation, which is okay to talk about earthly things and earthly way of doing it. But so we have the local, but then we have the broader concept that ultimately all people yeah. are going to be redeemed into a new heaven and new earth. And remember, like God, he started with Abraham, really. Well, after the flood, right? Before Adam and Eve and all that stuff. But then there's Abraham, one guy, and then he had some children and they had children. So he's starting out really small, and now he's moving to a new stage of uh, uh, creating an army. Yeah, he's and a, a nation and an, a nation and an army. Then they're going to go to Mount, Mount Sinai and establish a covenant. But then there, it progressively gets more uh, bigger, right? There's more progressive oh, unfolding good. and revelation, progressive yeah. revelation of uh, God's plan well, for humanity. His promise that we know for sure now that he's going to create numerous descendants as many as stars in the sky the sand and dust on the ground so that is what it's going to look like at the very very end is that unmeasurable amount of god's people mm. in their uh new earth and new heaven and but right now we're just seeing that progression from abraham a small tiny village of people 60 70 people that he had in his household all the way now to almost a six over six hundred thousand. Then ultimately, it's going to be millions, and then down the road is going to be gazillions and gazillions. Um, that's still yet to happen. Looking forward to that. <laughs> <laughs> all right, verse twenty-one. Uh, then Moses called for all the elders of Israel and said to them, "Draw out and take for yourselves a lamb, according to your families, and kill the Passover lamb. You shall take a bunch of hyssop." and dip it in the blood that is in the basin and apply the lintel and the two side posts with the blood that is in the basin. And none of you shall go out from the door of his house until the morning. For the Lord will pass through to kill the Egyptians. And when he sees the blood upon the lintel and all the two side posts, the Lord will pass over the door and will not permit the destroyer <laughs> to come to your house houses to kill you. <laughs> Whoa, so violent. I know. <laughs> Actually, that's my favorite. I kind of wish it was happening right now. So destroyer is not a bad thing. It's a good thing, right? If it's used by Well, God. can you can you go back up to like verse 23 yeah. so we can see the whole paragraph there? Um oh, this is pretty God. intense. Because there's a lot of things. Go so there's the there's um let's yeah yeah okay so um the Lord for in the Lord is uh, Yahweh that's what it says in in Hebrew there Yahweh will pass through to kill the Egyptians and when he sees the blood he will pass through the door the so there's we have Yahweh and then we have the destroyer so yeah. who who's the destroyer and this is angel you think it's the same angel of the Lord that we've seen no. many times already I I actually do. You do? Because that would yeah. be calling Yahweh destroyer too. Angel that's okay. Because that's what he's doing. He is destroying people in this. Well, he is, moment. but I think he would have his angel do that rather than himself. Because No, the angel of the Lord. You think it's a different angel? Yeah. A, an angel whose job is, you, you know, this, this same, uh, we have the same concept many times in the Bible. This is maybe not the best place to talk about this, but... Um, this is not the only time Yahweh appears as a destroyer, or the angel of the Lord sometimes is does this job later in uh, later on in the Bible, and also the the Satan Hasatan. Yeah, 
Satan is also deemed as a destroyer. No, 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 no. The the say the the word in Hebrew is a is a common noun, not a proper noun, not somebody's name. The word Satan started out as just a normal word, not associated with anybody's name. It was like the destroyer, Hasatan, in Hebrew, Hasatan. Yeah, but the devil or whatever you want to call him, the same beast that was in the Garden of Eden. He's also re referred to as a destroyer. Where? Steal, kill, and destroy. That's his job. And I don't but think... God, God destroys too, though. God destroys the wicked. Oh, yeah. He has the power to create... I mean, he says, uh, you know, I can create evil, not only good, but evil too. Um, which a lot of Christians can't believe that he actually says that. That he created evil. In verse, in verse 29, it says, the Lord struck down... Jump ahead real quick. Or we can just keep reading. Let's keep reading, and then we'll get to verse 29 and okay. think about this again. Um, it's it, You know, whatever the answer is, at least people could think about it. You know what I mean? That's the main point, really, to bring up these topics is not to say I'm right, and it's it's more like let's, you know, let's look into this more. Um, who is the destroyer? It's just a question, right? So then the, yeah. we'll, well discuss hopefully it. the Bible will answer that. Exactly. That's why we're going to go to verse 29 as we continue uh, reading. And you shall observe this thing as an ordinance to you and your sons forever. When you enter the land, right? When you enter the land, which they're kind of about to do yeah. 40 years later, <laughs> <laughs> which the Lord will give you according to as he has promised, promised to Abraham, that you shall observe this service, and when your children shall say to you, what does the service mean to you, that you shall say, it is the sacrifice of the Lord's Passover, who passed over the houses of the children of Israel in Egypt, when he smote the Egyptians and delivered our households, and the people bowed down and worshipped. Then the children of Israel went and did so, just as the Lord had commanded Moses and Aaron, so they did. So see, that um, ordinance was really for them. And their descendants, not for everybody today. This was specific to them that because they were the ones that got delivered out of Egypt. Um, but we we also get delivered from uh, the bondage of sin and death. And we we uh, have to worship and remember God, Christ, as what He did for us. We don't have to go back and specifically remember the Passover, because um, that wasn't for us. But we, if we're delivered through Christ, then we remember him. And for what but Jesus did. was killed on the Passover, yeah. at least during that week. And um, so there's a connection there with Jesus being the real Passover lamb. So That's it is important true. for us to understand the first Passover, even if we don't actually cook a meal exactly like this. Yeah. You know what I mean? Well, we can remember, though, couldn't we? Like as a yeah, yeah, we should remember the Passover, and then that helps us understand Christ a bit more as well. Right? I think. Yeah, you know I mean? that's fine. I can do agree. No, with I think that. the old covenant is a good thing overall, but it's just expired and been replaced by a better covenant. Very simple. Yeah, the covenant itself idea. is replaced, but we're only talking about rituals that help us remember the history. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. Anyway. Let's go to verse 29 before we forget the original question here. Oh, now finally, see, here's the 10th plague. At midnight, the Lord smote all the, who did it? Who killed the firstborn? <laughs> the Lord. Yahweh. Away, I thought yeah. the destroyer was going to kill all the people. What's going on? Is it, the, is it <laughs> Yahweh or the destroyer? 
Well, I guess it must be that way then. He answered it himself. Yeah. No, that's why, I th- just like but, before, okay, but, we saw the angel of the Lord and well, Yahweh are basically the same person, right? Yeah, well, that part, yes. But we've established what if, what if he could just send his angel and still be him? Because he's like... It is his angel. It's the angel of the Lord. It's the angel of the Lord yeah. executing judgment. So it's not Satan. It's, it's not a bad. Yeah, it's not a bad. It's not like Satan or a bad angel or, you know, it's this is, uh, although it might be called the Satan later on, who is, it doesn't mean the Satan doesn't necessarily mean Satan, capital S. It means the yeah, but executioner, this the, exec- the, the adversary. Yeah, it's not. No, I no. think this is the angel of the Lord. Yeah, who does sometimes come and kill people? He comes and kills people. <laughs> Which many is times, many times, yeah. many times. We're going to see it many times. But happening. the difference between Satan <laughs> um, destroying is way different than what God is doing. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because Satan yeah. is doing it for evil purposes, not for. This is not really evil. This is judgment. This is like decreeing that all the wicked. If you sentence somebody in a court of law. That you're guilty of sin and you know the penalty is death. He's just executing his judgment. Whereas Satan, if he seeks to steal, kill, and destroy, he's not doing it for any good purposes other than to destroy life. Even the innocent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah it's just destroying. It's kind of based on the word. Uh, it's just the word, the Hebrew word. It's like destruction, and then one who causes destruction at that moment would be called the destroyer because he's destroying something. The executioner. Yeah. It doesn't even mean that's his real name or anything necessarily. It's the the angel of the Lord who is destroying these people is referred to as the destroyer yeah. at that moment. But the same angel of the Lord delivers these people as well. He's delivering the people, so he's saving he's saving the Israelites, but destroying the Egyptians. The well, reason he's destroying God. the Egyptians is to save the Israelites. So just like uh, Jesus, but he's or, not you know, destroying them. To save the Israelites only. What he's he's taking judgment on Egypt and their gods because they were mm. wicked and they were carrying out and false worship that was going to be tainting the land. Egypt was probably a great nation back then, and it was affecting everybody, including it was the greatest, probably, yeah, probably the superpower in the world. Right. So God had to demonstrate who the real God is. So He took judgment on them. And it just happened to coincide with delivering his people at the same time. Well, it's, it's connected, I would say, directly. Yeah. But yeah, both things are happening. Absolutely. You're right. So, uh, but that, you know, to me at least, let's go back. Um, all right. Yeah. So, verse 29. Did we finish? Did we finish? Well, we didn't finish verse 29 yet. Um, um, we're on 29 now. Okay. Yeah. At midnight, the Lord smote all the firstborn in the land of Egypt. So just the firstborn, firstborn yeah. children. I don't know if it specifies male or female. It may be the I firstborn sons. Yeah, it doesn't say sons, so maybe. But, um, and, and animals as well. Yeah. Because the firstborn belongs to God. Mm-hmm. You know, the world belongs to God. From the yeah. firstborn of Pharaoh, even Pharaoh's firstborn, that sat on his throne to the firstborn of the captive who was in the dungeon, and all the firstborn of livestock. That reminds me of Revelation. Which one? The judgment. Well, just you know, the just in we don't have to go there because that's going to take five hours. But <laughs> <laughs> the this the judgment coming upon all people. You know. Oh yeah. Rich, rich and poor. Yeah. You know all, all the all the 
unbelievers, basically. The, the yeah. people, all the unrighteous, all those who have not been justified all by the, the ones blood who of took the lamb. The yeah. Yeah, they're not justified by the blood of the lamb, so they're unjust. Yeah, like think of them as Egyptian pharaohs, Egyptians, pharaohs' judgment here and the people's judgment later in Revelation. The same thing. So Pharaoh rose up in the night, he and all his servants and all the Egyptians, and there was a great cry in Egypt. Egypt. So for there was not a house where there was not someone dead. Wow. So every house. Now notice he didn't kill all the Egyptians. He killed the firstborn. Yeah. But it affected everybody. Yeah. Every family, every family, if they had children, they had a firstborn child, right? So, uh, yeah, that's at least and, one uh, third. Every um, house had someone dead. Amazing. Yeah. So it's kind of a partial judgment in a way, right? A focused yeah. judgment on the Egyptians. Not everybody was killed, but the Israelites survived this by the blood of the lamb. Same way that's going to happen in the uh, second coming. We have to, the, the only way to survive the the, the angel of death or the angel of the Lord or the destroyer or God himself or Jesus coming back is the blood of the lamb. Yeah, which is a spiritual mark that's on all believers. And that's why Satan wants his mark. Um, we're going we're gonna to go to that passage. Not yet, though. Um, we're going to go there very soon because it actually talks about marks soon. That's that thing I sent you as well, which we might oh, want to yeah. look at if you want yeah. to. Um, all right, so Exodus, I forget exact. I think that's in uh, the next chapter. All right, so the the Exodus. Exodus just means uh, exit in Greek. Like if you go to Greece, you're going to see the sign on the wall. It's going to say Exodus. Mm -hmm. um, so it means exit. Um, then he called for Moses and Aaron at night and said, Rise up and get out from among my people, both you and the children of Israel, and go serve the Lord as you have said. So they're going out to serve the Lord. Yeah. Which uh, is kind of interesting, which they well, forgot to do sometimes. Yeah, I, I wish we knew exactly. <laughs> I guess in spirit, we are worshiping God just by knowing all is true. That's what we're supposed to do. Like, uh, yeah, we're supposed to serve the Lord, right? Does God serve us? Well, he kind of does. He blesses us and, you know, does things for us, but we're supposed to serve him. Well, he does serve us. He so takes care of us. That's a reciprocal relationship. Like, like all the, he lets us live. <laughs> I mean, gives us air, food, shelter. Also, take your flocks and your herds, as you have said, and be gone and bless me also. All right. So the Egyptians urged the people so that they might send them out of the land in haste, for they said, We will all be dead. So the people took their dough before it was leavened with their kneading troughs being bound up in their clothes on their shoulders. Okay, so they still had this dough that was not leavened yet, I guess. Now the children of Israel did according to the word of Moses, and they requested of the Egyptians articles of silver and articles of gold and clothing. And the Lord gave the people favor in sight of the Egyptians, so that they gave them what they requested. Thus they plundered the Egyptians. Remember, there was a prophecy a while back, you will leave Egypt with gold and silver and all that stuff yeah so it's happening yeah so they're there it's a complete victory just like a military victory in in many ways but it's i uh, kind of like it because if, if we ever have to get delivered we might get all their our loot to take mm. with us um, yeah and they would need that they're going in the into a desolate wasteland yeah. they're going to the outback i also think and, it must be because of they were slaves and basically deprived of normal wages and living 
So they probably yeah. took that. Yeah, it's a complete victory. The Egyptians yeah. were terrified of them by this point. You know, right. I mean, killing, you know, every house had a dead person in it. They were like, okay, just get out. <laughs> Take all my gold, just whatever, just go away from yeah. here. <laughs> they were completely defeated. They they completely defeated the Egyptians from the blood of the lamb. The destroyer, well, the angel of God came and, I mean, it's just amazing. All right, so then the children of Israel journeyed from Ramesses to Sukkoth, about 600, oh, controversial passage. Uh-oh, you don't believe there were <laughs> right, 600,000 okay. men? About 600,000 men on foot besides children. All right, so this is, uh, I don't want to get too complex So what is so here. controversial about that? That's pretty straightforward, isn't it? No, 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 it's not. Because the Hebrew word, which is aleph, means, uh, it's probably, mean, it, it's used in other passages, in fact. It, it means platoons, troops, troops. Groups of groups of uh, fighting men, a small group of oh, fighting men. They didn't give so it, it a says, number. It says six hundred LFs, and at some point, people thought LF means a thousand, but there's no evidence of that. So six hundred well, LFs. There are men claim to be less than six hundred thousand. That's for sure. No, 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 no stop. <laughs> no, six hundred because... LFs. There's six hundred LFs. What's an LF? LF is a is a military term for a group of soldiers. And we don't know exactly how many people, but maybe like 10 at the most 20. It's like a platoon, 600 platoons besides well, children. That's what it means. 600 times 20, let's say. This is a yeah, let's just, it's a view, one view. You can look into it further. Okay, 600 but platoons. Let's say it's 10 people to keep it simple. That's 6,000 fighting men, men of military age between the ages of 20 and 50. All right. So that's, that's 600 fighting men. And maybe that's, you know, what, 20% of the population, 25%. Then you got women, you got children, you got older people. But that would make this passage... About twenty to 30,000 people. I, I think it was about twenty to 30,000 people oh, based on that. If, it's, the, the, Hebrew, the, the Hebrew says 600 LFs. So the question is, what is an LF? And what um, is the... scholars, yeah. So we don't, gotta, we don't have to dwell on this too long, but... Um, 600 uh but that's know. a so, huge discrepancy to go from 600,000 to maybe only 60 it's a 000. translation issue yeah it's a translation issue yeah um, but then that's making the english translation a false bible it's a translation of the heap well then is the hebrew false too i think written that, in hebrew if, like three thousand years reserve his word in english that all people are reading <laughs> he's not going to create a book where it's 99 correct and one percent false so it's either a supernatural book okay all right or it's not all right let's retranslate the hebrew that's <laughs> obviously false too i guess well i'm gonna go with what it says so it says 600 in english you're going in i'm english. going to what it says in hebrew all right so then it's less the original language okay <laughs> which That's written three thousand years before english. yeah but god memorialized in english so i could actually read and understand it's translated by a scholar well it's a guy said it's a super trust book. so if, if there's parts that are wrong then i'm wasting my time right. to go well through. it's an infallible translation obviously 
But what are the other, which all the other translations probably use different words for this as well. There is a baseline. Whatever he created, people have translated this into different English versions. But the The word started out referring to a herd of animals. Either way, a bunch of people. I I would say 20 to 30,000 people. Um, Okay. But but obviously I'm wrong. I'm a heretic. (laughs) You are. (laughs) What is that? Questioning the translation. Yeah, well, <laughs> well you have to prove it with one of the English translations that it could have meant what you say. Not that I'm looking at the Hebrew. It. Yeah, well, that's the problem. because that It was written in Hebrew. <laughs> yeah, but they took different steps. <laughs> when it was written in Hebrew, they're taking manuscripts that they found from all these different sources and put together, and then they created the first whatever translation that they did. So I don't know if it really meant... What it would have meant. If God is ordaining this, I think he had to put it 100% correct and not 99% correct. I don't, I, yeah, I don't agree with that, but that's fine. So if God wrote it, he can be fallible at least a couple percent. This is a, tra- this is a human translation. Yeah, but God wrote the book. In Hebrew <laughs> and Greek. All right, so there, we'll leave this one open. <laughs> There's another one. The main, the main point for people watching this, by the way, is is to understand there's a bit of debate about this passage, and we're bringing up some topics, and go do your own research and look into it. And let me know what the you answer know. is. Yeah, it, it's interesting that people will have different views. People have different views about what is an English translation, or what about the Chinese? What is the Chinese translation? Is that also yes. divinely ordained? No. And the French and the Spanish? They're not. So the that- Chinese people are going to hell. They don't get a real Bible. You can't trust the no, Bible in China. What did God say? He said, do not add or subtract from God's word. So if Chinese translations kept it in their Chinese character, 600,000 men, they're good to go. If they made it something else, I don't know. That's up to them. And that's between God and them what happens. Because the more you start changing the text, the more there's going to be problems, even the next translations after that. So I think the original version, the original translation to English, God would have had to ordain it. So he would have kept exactly what he wanted us to know. What about the original translation in Spanish or Latin? Latin came first. What about the the Latin and the uh, Ethiopian? They're all divinely translated. They they came from any other translation. So there would have been the Hebrew manuscripts, right, that they found and collected. And then I think yep. James Guy version of that first time scribed it all together and made a book. And that most people follow that version, right? As the truth. Then whatever happened after that, whether it went to Greek translation or Latin translation or Chinese translation, that's completely separate issue. Even so I, I, they all would have to, there has to be a baseline somewhere. And that's, what I'm trying to establish, like, yeah, you could get scholarly debates about all these different verses and what it meant, but then the God's word is not going to feed the flock if it's allowed to change. That's my only concern with that. Because what's the point of me believing anything that it says in here if lots of different verses come up and it's not what it meant? Well, it's really, but it's it's not like a, uh, it's not going to change any doctrine necessarily. It's just about the quantity of people. Well, wouldn't it matter versus a million people versus only 20,000 people? 
Does that change the meaning of this this story at all? Because imagine leading the whole group <laughs> in the desert with no food and no water. Either way, it's a lot of people. Either way, it's still, uh, yeah, either way. I mean, I was at church last Sunday. The pastor mentioned this and said a million people left. Yeah, but it doesn't but say a million. Yeah, 600,000 men. So why does... Yeah. So the only question is what LS could have meant in Hebrew, right? Which okay, that's legitimate. It was talking. They came from the word for herds of animals, herds, groups of animals, and then groups of military men. Well, let's well let's think about this. You know that anyway. <laughs> All right, let's. The topic go. has been raised. The question yeah. has, and um, but what if what if uh, so yeah so it's divinely inspired translations. They're perfect, hundred percent perfect. But what if they're not? Wouldn't God want us to investigate and be like a Borean and investigate? That maybe God wants allows. us to dig into the word. Maybe God wants us to dig into the word a little bit. Sure. None, none of these debated passages are of are going to change fundamental doctrine. Yeah. He's allowed you to think however you want to dig in and explore, find the truth as much as you want, but it cannot contradict what it says. That's the whole thing. So. There are people that like scholarly men and women that really read into it. They study the genealogy. They study the places where all this took place. They study history and the relevant history around the whole Middle East, Eastern world. So all of that's great. If they have the time or they're getting paid to do it, all of that's wonderful. I think that only brings the Bible to life. But it should not contradict what it says because then they're going off in their tangent using their brain power and their phds to say okay i don't think god really said this so i'm going to figure out a way to say this better but That's the fair. same people translated the bible those are the same exact people bible scholars are the ones who actually translate the bible in the first place so obviously some bible scholars believe it's six hundred thousand men but those well, those the, the, the bible is translated by people with phds yeah that's fine but i'm saying that once it got memorialized as a baseline you know like i'm using the king james what if you uh what if you were born uh as a native hebrew speaker That'd if be you great. grew up and then would you read the would you then learn English so you could read so you could learn the real Bible or would you just read the Hebrew Bible? <laughs> I would if the Hebrew should be consistent with what this says. So my point is God would have translated it to make it consistent and not overturn his Hebrew Bible if that's what happened before. The Hebrew and the English should actually go from one for one. The ones that don't, yeah. if there's contradiction, then that's what I have a problem with. It's not the you know, like if I would read Hebrew Bible and all this is like giving me a more clear meaning, wonderful. I would. I actually tried to watch some of the Hebrew videos trying to figure out if I could actually learn it. It's way too complicated for me. If God wanted me to know it in Hebrew, I think he would have given me that skill. So any skills that you have to put something into this, and you do, you are sharing a lot of your skills, and I greatly appreciate that. Without you, none of this would even happen. You're... The way you understand it, the way you research it, and the way you talk about it, it's bringing what we talk about to life. But I'm not going to always agree on anything that starts to contradict what it actually says, because then it forces me to either look into this, that this is false, or have to spend more time trying to figure out what God really meant, rather than just reading it. 600,000 men on foot. So I don't know. 
I mean, you can bring it up. I just don't have to agree with every single. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, just so people know that there is a, you know, anyway, so a lot of words have a range of meanings and are used in different ways. Let me just say one final thing, not to have the final word. I probably shouldn't <laughs> even say it, but dictionary here says a clan, thousand. So it is used as thousand sometimes. It also refers to a family group larger than an individual household, but smaller than a tribe. And it has, uh, so sometimes it is used as the word thousand, but sometimes it's used as a group of people, like a like a platoon or a troop in an yeah. army, in a military, but it doesn't always literally mean a thousand. So, um, so it's not wrong. So I'm not saying this is a wrong translation. They're just choosing a certain... Some words have more than one definition. So when you're translating it, it's like, well, what I'm does this mean? It. It's not easy. It's not easy. I'm going to mark it so I can... Um... So it doesn't mean they're wrong. They have a they have good logic to translate it this way, 600,000 men, because that's what it would normally mean. Maybe I'm just overthinking it. No, I don't um, think you're wrong in overthinking it. I just think that it has to explain itself. Otherwise, it would we'll have see it later a... on. Yeah, when they actually start fighting in these battles, we're going to see that word again, and we can... So this is uh, 37, right? Exodus. <laughs> Where are we? 1237. So it's thousand versus less, six hundred thousand. Yeah, it was yeah. So so if it. Um, all right, I think it'll answer itself. So I got it down. There's my little. All right, verse thirty-eight. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. oh, okay. Um, a mixed multitude also went up with them with flocks and herds, a large amount of livestock. So who are, who is this? The mixed multitude. Who is that? What are they talking about there? All their household men, women, children. Right. But is that also, um, I think, is that talking about non-Israelites, people from other, like maybe, maybe, maybe the Egyptians had other foreigners living there, even working as slaves or something, or even Egyptians may have gone with them. I think that term is usually, it's used a lot in the Old Testament and usually means uh, non-ethnic israelites yeah that's fine it could be anyone that i think that's what it means yeah i think that's what it means but then they were integrated into the israelites and they obeyed all the commandments and stuff yeah because if uh, they didn't i think god already said if they didn't they would be dead yeah so we have you know so we have some non-ethnic israelites joining them which is uh you know maybe kind of important idea yeah well that's also towards the end times um those who had white robes um, was it those that came out of the great tribulation, the multitudes? Uh, you remember that verse in Revelation that wore white robes, um, yep. came out of the great tribulation, and that was yep. great multitudes from all over the earth. Yeah, 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 exactly. So that, that would be anybody that God protected, not just them. ethnic Israelites, right. race, not race. <laughs> yeah, all right. So, uh, so it even began back then. Right. Great, uh, the Gentiles, right? The eth, the eth, the uh, the goyim, the goyim joined. Yeah, the goyim joined the Israelites. Yeah. All right. So they baked unleavened cakes of the dough which they had brought forth out of Egypt, for it was not leavened because they were driven out of Egypt and could not linger, nor had they prepared for themselves any food. Well, that so there's that kind of explains why they had to. You know, for the, the unleavened bread was to remember this event here. Right, because it had to be delivered quickly, could not linger. So they memorialized that event by eating unleavened bread every year after that. 
Yeah, and I think All that's right. what we can do as the Festival of Unleavened Bread. Can't we remember that simply by not eating anything leavened? But you could. Yeah, seven days. Do we have to? No. Are we going to hell if we don't? No. <laughs> but, you know, again, it's, it's how do you love God if you want to honor him? I mean, other than asking them stuff and praying and... and so so do we have to cook it exactly like they said there and no, put the blood on the doorpost? No, because we have no history of that, right? We live in 2023 right. in our little yeah. houses, in our towers. We don't live in tents. Right. We don't have any goats. So and we have, we're not in the land. We're not in the land. All right. So now the sojourning of the children of Israel who lived in Egypt was 430 years. And at the end of the 430 years, on the very day, all the hosts of the Lord went out from the land of Egypt. There again, you have host. This host, the word host is also kind of a military term, the hosts of the Lord, right? The uh, armies of the Lord, that kind of idea. It is a night to be, because it it's interesting, it doesn't say people, right? Hosts of it the Lord. It could be his angels that were there with him. Well, yeah, they do use the word host for the angels sometimes as well. I just wonder. Um, well, what does host mean? It doesn't say there are angels, though. The, the only angel we saw was the destroyer right now, the angel of the Lord. I think it just means the people. It's talking about the people. All the hosts of the Lord went out from the land of Egypt. I mean, I would say sometimes this word is used for the people as well. Yeah, it doesn't um, explain it too well. Um, although, I mean, maybe it could be something else as well, but it uh, it's usually used in a military. It's a military term, army or something. Um, it's, it it's a, it's a it's, spiritual. The, the um, root word means army I, warfare. It's an army. It means army. Well, here it says, heavenly host refers to army of Yahweh. But it's not the heavenly host, though. It's just the host. We're not. No, I looked in the Hebrew dictionary, which is illegal. It's not. Wikipedia knows more than that. No, I mean, I'm just. <laughs> We're going to look at Wikipedia in a minute, actually. All right. So, well. Anyway, so no, I just you know we we see that term used uh, in a military context quite a bit, and and they already said he already said armies right the armies the, the word army was al already used um anyway it's a night to be observed for the lord for bringing them out of the land of egypt this is that night for the lord to be observed by all the children of israel in their generations all right it's not finished yet <laughs> it's the ordinance again the ordinance of passover so the lord said to moses and aaron this is the ordinance of the passover no foreigner may eat of it. Oh, but what about the mixed multitude? <laughs> uh, well, it must include foreigners, right? So the, I guess uh, maybe in this sense, foreigner means someone who's not obeying the commandments. Because once they, they were like a resident foreigner, and then they were kind of accepted. So yeah, no foreigner means someone who's not observing, who's not well, a real, or, who's not a, is, but every man's servant bought with money when you have circumcised him may eat it. Oh, so it explains it right there. Yeah. So if um, so if if someone's not an Israelite, if they're circumcised, they can eat it. A foreigner right. is someone not circumcised. It almost says. Uh, yeah, because they didn't partake in the covenant. Because originally, circumcision meant that they were in covenant with God. Yeah. Directly. Yeah. That's yeah. what made so that, them Israelite. Yeah. Right. A foreigner or a hired servant shall not eat it, but a servant, a circumcised servant can eat it. You got to be circumcised to eat the uh, Passover, which yeah, means you've entered into the covenant. Yeah. Yeah. It means you're in the covenant. All right. In one house shall it be eaten. 
You shall not carry any of the flesh outside of the house, nor shall you break a bone of it. All the congregation of Israel shall keep it. You know why this is there, right? Is that something to do with uh, Jesus? His bones were not broken. He's going to present his bones. So this is yeah. Shocking. So yeah, yeah. They make pretty clear connections with Jesus and uh, the Lamb many times. Yeah, yep. That's pretty interesting. Now, when a stranger sojourns with you and keeps the Passover to the Lord, let all his males be circumcised. And then let him come near and keep it, and he shall be as one that is born in the land. However, no uncircumcised person shall eat of it. Wow. So the people could become Israelites, basically, right? Yeah. Even if they're not ethnically uh, from that tribe. The same law shall apply to him that is a native and to the stranger who sojourns among you. So all the children of Israel did it. They just they did just as the Lord commanded Moses and Aaron, and that same day the Lord brought the children of Israel out of the land of Egypt by their hosts, oh, by so their armies. Oh. I would say, if, remember what yeah. verse is that where we said the word armies? I think that's a, I think it's just kind of a synonym, and it, that's what the Hebrew lexicon says. It's an army. It's a military term. So maybe when uh, it said earlier the hosts of the Lord, it was just talking about his people yeah yeah there's earthly hosts and there's heavenly hosts right. angels are also like in an army as well yeah yep so it's just host and then uh wow that's kind of a long chapter it is stop in here and until next time talk to you soon bye thank you